you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. In a world where roux are dark, where andouille is spicy, and where the trinity is finely chopped, only one show dares to bring you true stories of gumbo. That is The Gumbo Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Gumbo Show. Joining you, as always tonight, the Luke Skywalker, the Han Solo, and the Princess Leia of Gumbo. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be Han Solo Damon Roberts here in Southeast Louisiana, joining me from North Texas, Brent Barksdale, the Luke Skywalker, and of course, sorry, Dave, you had to be Princess Leia, David Huguenel from North Northern Virginia. What is happening, fellas? See, the, hey, would you like to respond? You. Would you like to respond? I, I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the jokes on you because you struggled to name three Star Wars characters there. Where <laughs> I mean, they're like my like my could have gone like you know fifty different directions. Like there's Boba Fett. Um, there's uh, there's there's Boba Fett, uh, yeah, there's Jenga Fett. yeah, no, I could have yeah. gone deeper, yeah, into Star Wars lore, but yeah. I, I always picture you with two bun like braids on the side of your head <laughs> because of the earphones that I always see you on. That's true, so, yeah, right, but you really you you reeled me in with that intro, Feynman. Good job. I was, yeah. I was <laughs> the edge of my seat. Well, that's that's what this show is for. Well. Gentlemen, as you know, tonight we are joined by a, by a very special guest, uh, a friend of the show since day one, since our very first episode came out, I started getting texts and calls and recommendations from this guest. He is uh, just a man about town in New Orleans and Jefferson Parish, and now he is our roving gumbo correspondent. John Tobler, welcome to the Gumbo Show. What's happening, John? Hey guys, I'm I'm proud to uh, to be here, and I think that uh, I'm also thankful that you didn't assign me Jar Jar Binks as my my Star Wars uh, <laughs> alter ego. Don't don't be silly, John. You clearly were in C3PO. To be to be clear, you know, the uh, the fan is not canon on the Gumbo Show, so you're fine. You know, given given um, given if we go a little bit deeper into Star Wars, you could have been that um, that Marshall from the Mandalorian, the real like she was the big muscular woman. She was real tough, real. Uh, but she's been fired from the show for I think some perhaps some controversy. Oh, that one, the Tweet. fighter, got it. Uh, yes. Yeah, if yeah, if I if I had my own uh, preferences, I'd I'd like to be Billy D. Williams though. Lando, huh? Go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, one. Lando Calrissian is one of the characters, and we'll get to Gumbo in just a second. Uh, you know, Lando made a made a sweet Gumbo in the Cloud City, but Lando Calrissian has is the one of the few characters in the history of cinema, like James Bond, played by different actors who both brought an intense level of coolness to it. Because I love Donald Glover. I thought Donald Glover was great in. Uh, in Solo, was that is that the only one he's in or yeah. seen any of those? Yep. Solo. So um, 
Well, look, the, the, I will say this. The good thing is, is that I'm the one doing the intro, so I get to pick who everybody is, because if it was somebody else, I would clearly end up as Jabba the Hutt. Right. <laughs> so, so look, there are some, some benefits to being the, um, the person who intros everybody. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get started tonight. John, we brought you on the show because, as Brent and, and Dave have done before, you traveled far and wide and you tried the gumbo. John, where did you go? And, and tell us about how you found the gumbo in this place. Well, I, um, I went to Des Moines, Iowa, which, um, which I must say is a, a very attractive city. It's a couple hundred thousand people. It's obviously well run. They have very thoughtful, public amenities and All right. stop apologizing for what you're going to say about the city's gumbo here in a few minutes <laughs> it's a lovely it, city we get it it's the midwest and and i don't know if i'll ever get back there but um i know what i won't do <laughs> you won't after the show maybe right and i was i was inspired by by brent's um um his story in texas about the the gumbo at the at the nightclub he was going to watch his his son play at mm. and and how it was delicious and a little bit unexpected um some of david's uh annex and his travels um and i did not have even a gumbo like soup experience um <laughs> at, at uh at the place i went to in um in des moines and it was not that it's it's terribly important but the name of the place was uh, Buzzard Billy's, and I had All right. spoken. I had spoken with Feynman uh, that day and told him what I was doing, and he said, "You got to go find some gumbo. You got to try some gumbo." So I did. I went seeking out gumbo, and we <laughs> talked about the place. And one of the things that Feynman said that that sort of hit home with me is that. They've got three gumbos on the menu, and most of their food is is very Louisiana centric. It's it's got to be at least decent. So I think about it. I mean, I think it's about natural. It, I'm like, right. Well, and and you would you would think so, right? Economically, mm. um, I'm looking at their website, and they do have three gumbos. They do. That, that's and crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about them individually. Um. So I, in the, in the spirit of, of, you know, taking one for the team, I order all three and the waitress, the waitress sort of looked at me a little funny. And I said, listen, I'm from Louisiana, you know, I'm on a quest. And, um, and so she brings out the gumbos and, um, well, they weren't good. <laughs> the best of them. The best of them uh, was the burnt ends gumbo, uh, which I'll get to huh. last. But uh, but there was a chicken and sausage gumbo, mm -hmm. a seafood gumbo mm. uh, that that had shrimp and crawfish, and uh, and it was all basically assembled on on the in the bowl, rice. The protein, and then the roux, and I say roux rather than 
sauce or gravy or stew because it was roux. And then they microwaved it all. So nothing was cooked together. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me the shrimp wasn't fresh caught that morning and shipped? I, they didn't I buy that down get, on the docks? Yeah. I don't get that suspicion, but I could I could tell that 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 again everything was cooked separately and then assembled into the 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 gumbo, oh. if you will. And I don't call it a soup and I don't call it a stew because it was it was roux. It was pasty, plain, not seasoned, no other attempts to make it assimilate other than it, it's what they put on top of the rice and the protein. Um, put it on top? So it was like What's they that? laid down rice and then some protein and they then put they like laid gravy? roux yeah. over. Like, like gravy? It was really like gravy. thick, pasty gravy that they then microwaved. Just describe wow. the color. If you could describe the color, what, what color would you say? It was um, really, really dark brown. Like, like a, okay. it, it was a dark brown roux that they never, um, that they never diminished with any sort of stock or liquid. It was, oh, wow. it was all dark and pasty and thick. It was, it was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> Did you take um, pictures? Did you take pictures? I, I did. And I actually, I sent you them sent to, some to Feynman, right? To David and Feynman. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's right. And um, sort of in the moment. And the, and the crazy part about it was. <laughs> in the moment. That, that the, um, <laughs> the burnt ends gumbo, which I expected to be terrible, was actually good because the barbecue sauce that was on the burnt ends again assembled with the same roux as the other two um the other two dishes the the burnt ends and the barbecue sauce had a wonderful flavor they were delicious um and it was kind of crazy because somehow that worked even though it wasn't gumbo it it was the same consistency huh. But the sauce kind of gave it a different, a different element, and it was actually not terrible. So, so the first question I have real quick is, since we're discussing this, I mean, I realize we're not exactly voting, but would we be considering this like an Iowa gumbo caucus? Because I feel like that's, that's what we <laughs> Well, let, let me just say first, um, you know, John, I mean, hats off to you. You did something that I have never done and, and refused to do, which is you ordered seafood in a landlocked state. That is a bold, bold move, sir. Um, and, and I appreciate, you know, the risk that you took in doing that for, for, for the content for this podcast. Um, that is true. So I, we do appreciate your efforts. Well, and, and some folks that, that I was with, I brought another person along for the ride who um, I may owe a series of meals, not just one, for the disappointing, <laughs> for the disappointing evening that, uh, that was Buzzard Billy's. And I don't, I don't mean to talk bad about that place. I'm sure for, um, for Iowa, it's, it's probably a, a decent spot. They were very busy, place was clean. It actually, guys, reminded me, the interior reminded me a tremendous amount of the pastime in Baton Rouge. Uh, so yes. walking in, walking in that, that, you know, blonde beadboard 
some neon here and there, TVs. It it had a it had a good feeling to me. It felt you know felt like okay, well this this could be a good experience, and and I wanted it to be. Um, but again, taking one for the team when I when I have a a sort of axiom that I live my life by. Don't eat, don't eat chowder outside of New England and don't, uh, don't eat gumbo outside of Louisiana, other than parts of Texas. Um, it was, it was mm. not the experience I had hoped for. Well, I, I have to tell you, if you're going to be a roving correspondent for this show, you're going to have to try gumbo Everywhere. just about wherever you, wherever you go. That's sort of our, our. Yeah, tomorrow I'm heading to Oklahoma for a couple of days, and I've already located a couple of restaurants that they're gonna make my list, and I'm sure I'll report back next week. So get ready. Yeah, I hope. And luckily, they don't have buzzard anything in the name, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say, I mean, your what your trip your trip actually inspired me because they burnt ends gumbo. I mean, it sounds like it was a missed opportunity because they didn't properly you know, put everything together. Right. But the idea of putting burnt ends in a gumbo is something that I think I'm actually going to try myself because that seems like that would marry well because we talked about using tasso and, and other and other types of, you know, right. pork fat and that sort of stuff. So burnt ends seems like it would it would work. Um, work on anything. I, yeah, I, Put that on a cracker, dude. And burnt ends are probably, I mean, they're obviously popular, but I think they're my personal favorite type of barbecue to get. If I go to a restaurant, I'll, I'll get some sort of burnt ends. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm very uh, very curious about that. I'm, so I'm obviously disappointed that uh, that that. I mean, obviously it was the best of the three, but um, I, I am curious enough, and it, I do tend to be in Des Moines every now and then. Uh, so I will probably have to go there. I'm not going to go through the gauntlet that you went through with all three, but I might, uh, I might try the burnt in one just to get a sense of what they, what they tried there. So yeah, the I, would, I would do it. The interesting part about it is I couldn't find burnt ends any place else on the menu. Huh? huh. So it was, it was not like it was, right. it was a brisket special or, or some other so it's on the menu every day the the burn ends gumbo is on the menu every day but it um but i couldn't find uh burnt ends in any other part of it and the thing that at first put me off a little bit which was the the, the obvious barbecue element like they had sauced the burnt ends uh in a manner you might if you were serving them became the dish's actual saving grace mm. and again i don't i don't want to say that it was good but it was unique enough that it sort of made it worthwhile now let me ask you this you talked about the root you talked about the protein like did you did you get a sense of the trinity at all like were you seeing you know some bell pepper some onions some celery in there there was there was there was absolutely trinity it was it was cut at the you know, an appropriate size to eat it in a gumbo. Um, it was um, it, it it was in there and and distinguishable, but it wasn't um, it wasn't seasoned. And when I say seasoned, I mean just you know salt and pepper, uh, kind of basic stuff. It 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 had no real flavor to it, but but it it was there. So so that aspect of things they got right. And um, it it was it was 
interesting in that um, they they hear someone would bring you a bowl of if you ordered two gumbos, there would be no difficulty in discerning the seafood gumbo from the chicken and sausage gumbo from a mm. texture standpoint, from a from a the complexity of the of the uh, of the whole experience. There, what they did was they put a chunk of of white chicken that had been cooked else externally on the top to indicate the chicken and sausage gumbo and a fleck of crawfish tail, uh, which probably was Chinese crawfish tails uh, on the top of the uh, of the the seafood. So because otherwise there'd have been no way to tell them apart. And mm, then yeah. they, were, they were both microwave to the point that you could see the um the the sort of uh build up the the filmy build up of the of the top of the root cooking in the mic in the microwave mm. so it had a little little sheen to it from that yeah now i i do i, I do feel the need to correct you john on one thing that because you mentioned that they put pepper in it so and you said that it wasn't seasoned as far as i'm concerned from being in des moines myself if they add pepper to it that's pretty caliente in terms of des moines standards. <laughs> uh, funny my my other question about it is given that it was des moines did it have corn it didn't and um and it's it's funny because you, you say about you know that if I'm going to be a roving correspondent, I got to have the gumbo anywhere, and generally that's pretty much what I do. That's that's what connected me to this podcast, not just the people uh, that I'm I'm certainly very familiar with, but the fact that whenever I go somewhere and there's gumbo on the menu, I'm I'm almost compelled to try it. Um, so because I want it to be good, I want it to be you know new and different and better than than things I've had before. Um, so it, it was it was disappointing that uh, that the Des Moines gumbo, which I probably should have known better than the, to, to get that uh, get that deep into it. Uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't the experience I'd hoped for. You know, I like to think I mean, I don't know too much about Dave's collegiate experience, but I know mine and I, I'm a little familiar with Brent's and and maybe we weren't like the greatest uh, of students. And so. We here on the Gumbo Show, we like to take a softer approach. And so we grade on a curve, right? And so we're not going to grade Des Moines as harshly as we would grade, oh, I don't know, New Iberia or, or Lafayette or New Orleans or something like that, or Mandeville for that matter. So um, it didn't have corn in it, which I think, and at least apparently they made a, a, they made a pass at a root rather than just, you know, sort of pouring some stock in and then trying to thicken it up somehow. Uh, so Probably out of a jar. See, I feel like, and, 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 and we, we dunk on gumbos using corn all the time, but I feel like mm. a Des Moines gumbo without corn is a missed opportunity. Well, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it should have had corn and deer in it, honestly. It yeah. should have been venison. But that, that's, a, that's the thing is gumbo, like all over, everybody gets a little local interpretation. Y'all have had all kinds of, local versions out in Texas or whatever. And so I wouldn't have dunked too hard on Des Moines for having corn. I mean, you use what's available, right? 
Right, um, like like shrimp, which is obviously you know. <laughs> and crawfish. I mean, I don't know, Dave. I'm pretty sure I was down in Venice and I saw the truck with the ice and the bags of fresh seafood like loading up and it had buzzard billies on the side. And I'm pretty sure they weren't stopping for like 26 straight hours as they took the fresh seafood. Yeah. Right I mean, there. look, I, I I I guess my my take is, is yeah, look, I, I always appreciate it when folks try. Um, mm. the, the the microwaving is is a concern to me. That just mm-hmm. shows a lack of love and care. Right. Um, but you know, to be clear, I am unlike John, I am happy to dunk on Des Moines as a city. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I do not I do not care about their public amenities as much as John does. <laughs> <laughs> um, John so, came on the so, show yeah, like Des Moines has lovely infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure no, I, I, phenomenal. I will, I will, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have too many kind words for, for the city of Des Moines, but, uh, so I will say in terms of a curve, uh, I guess my point, if I have one is that, uh, this place probably gets the highest of the, of the curve grade than any, than any other city we might be talking about. Right. Right. I mean, so I mean, it gets Phoenix, a D, D minus still Phoenix in my is book. A, is a, like a major, major city. There's millions of people that live in Phoenix, uh, and and but Des Moines is not like a major metropolitan area. Nobody sitting in Hong Kong right now is thinking, you know, where I want to go, Des Moines. You know, I mean, I know people from Des Moines that don't like Des Moines. Like they don't. There's no. It's fine. Like I'm not. I'm not, I don't think I'm offending anybody nope. too much. Well, they're but. too nice to be offended in Iowa. Yeah. Well, look, uh, that we are uh, running out of time, and that should just about wrap up this edition of the sh- of the Gumbo Show. Uh, before we say anything else, John, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you so much for trying gumbo in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, at least you could come home here to the New Orleans area and have some good gumbo. You knew you could cleanse your palate with a with a real gumbo, maybe over at the shortstop at Dave's uh, Dave's classic uh, location. So thanks for coming on, John. We really appreciate it. I appreciate y'all having me. Yep, of course, and. Uh, Yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gumbo Show. Uh, Be sure to check us out on our socials on Instagram at Doug Gumbo Show. That's at DA Gumbo Show. Uh, On Twitter at Gumbo Show. And on our website at gumboshow.us. We're also on Facebook, so hit us on there. And until next time, may your roofs be dark and your bowls be full. 